But it don't take her long to stop a song. You know that? You just, just cut it right off in the middle of the creek. All right. That was what I was going to preach, Brother Pickett. You take my notes. Take your Bible. Join me tonight in your Bible to the book of Galatians, please. Galatians, if you would, for just a little while tonight. And we'll try to see if we can uh, get a hold of some biblical truths. I'd like to encourage you to read this book in conjunction with the book of Romans. Read this book in conjunction with the book of Romans. They are doctrinal books. Acts is a transitional book. And uh, you don't want to build doctrine out of Acts or First and Second Corinthians. You don't want to do that. You want to build a doctrine around doctrinal books. And so I want you to take a look. Unless you and I look at the problem just a little bit, the reason for writing the book of Galatia, all right? You look at verse 1, I mean chapter 1. I read for you just two or three verses. And here it is. Marvel, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Verse 7, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. The church, the churches of Galatia, has experienced some false teachers from Jerusalem and they call them Judaizers. They, they are mixing Judaism with Christianity. They are saying you have to be circumcised to be saved. They are saying that you need the rites and some of the ceremonies. And even like some folk real close to us, you need to worship on Saturday to be saved. Got that? Paul said, I am overwhelmed. I am absolutely blown away. I am marveled. That you are so soon removed from him. Not from them, but from him. That is Christ. Now verse 8, he warns them. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That's pretty strong. Would you say that? Pretty strong. Preacher, what's the gospel? The birth, the, the, the birth and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Folks are always asking me if I'm a full gospel preacher. And what they're trying to say is that if I add something to the gospel, I am fuller than if I don't add something to it. Death, I deliver unto you, first of all, which I receive myself. How that Christ died, according to the scriptures. And how that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. Now you add anything to it, it's too full. And what they're saying is, 
that I need to speak in tongues and that makes me a full gospel preacher. But if I speak in tongues, that means I fall from grace and that makes me a half a gospel preacher. You see what I mean? So the churches in Galatia has experienced these false teachers from Jerusalem. And because of their credentials, they believe them over the apostle Paul. And they actually get mad at Paul because he don't have a bunch of letters from the Houdinks up in Jerusalem, Peter, James, and John. And Paul said, I didn't receive the gospel that I preach from man, neither did I go to Jerusalem. He said, but I went into the backside of the desert for three years and got it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I don't need your recommendation. Paul said, I don't need a resume. I have the Lord. Now notice, if you would please, the problem. Chapter 2, verse 16 now. Chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing, I like that word, don't you? Knowing. See, I know in whom I believe. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You're not going to confuse me about being saved. You're not going to confuse me about uh, me going to heaven. You're just not going to do that because I know in whom I believe. Paul said, knowing, verse 16, that a man is not justified by the works of the law. You like that? But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Boy, that's about as plain as buttermilk. Amen. I mean, you just, how do you mix that up? But yet, they believed old Dr. Fuduk because he had credentials from up at Jerusalem, you know. And tonight, I want you to read with me. And that way, if I don't say anything you agree with, at least you'll get something out of the Bible. Follow along now. Chapter 3, as we conclude chapter number 3. And I I want you, if you have a pen or a pencil, and if you don't mark in your Bible, I can understand that. My mom never did. She said, oh, I wouldn't mark in the Bible at all. She's the one who told me one night I preached against the devil. She got mad at me and said, you're not supposed to talk about people. All my life, my mom, such a great, gracious, uh, southern Bell, just a godly lady. Now the Bible says, if you see anything that keeps popping up like the law and the promise, you might want to make note of it as we read along here, okay? Because tonight I'm going to talk to you about the law and the promise. My sermon, my sermon theme is 
Saved by grace, living by faith. Now get a hold of that. Saved by grace, living by faith. Most Baptists saved by grace and they're living by works. They think God is happier with them if they just do, 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 do. Let me tell you something. It's already been done. You can't do anything. It's already been done. Christ did it at Calvary. Amen. Now, and it don't mean you get saved and live like the devil. Because when you get saved, you got God's nature and God's not going to do that. I read for you verse 13 now of chapter number 2. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll really love this. The Bible said, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now watch this phrase. Being made a curse for us. You remember it got dark at Calvary? You remember it got so pitch black dark you could feel it? And out of that darkness you heard, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because hanging on that cross, God's son was cursed for us. So dreadfully cursed that God turned his back on his own son. Never in eternity past has God and the son been separated. But on the cross, Christ was made a curse for us and the holy God could not look upon that curse and he turned his back for you and for me. The Bible said as is written, cursed, cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise. You might underline that. The promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet... If it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not and to seeds, but as to many, but as of one and to thy seed. Notice this phrase, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise, the promise of non-effect. You see, these Judaizers, now let me just tell you, the Judaizers are saying that when God gave the law, it disannulled 
the promise that God gave Abraham. And the Bible said, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So these hangers on to the law, these do-do-doers, these circumcised to be saved and all of that crowd are saying that when the law came, it disannulled the promise to Abraham and to his seed, not seeds, which is Christ. Got it now? Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. You know what a mediator is. He's one that settles arguments between two people. Uh, that's what a lawyer, I think, goes to the judge and say, Judge, now, old Joe Smo out there, this is only the 21st time he's been in trouble. And I promise you, if you'll let him off this time, I'll come to you the next time and ask you for the same thing. Or if you get a ticket going down the highway in front of the brewery and you don't want to pay it, you've got a mediator who goes to the judge and says, My preacher's insane. He lost his mind. Verse 20. But now a mediator is not a mediator of one. It's hard to mediate between one. But God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid for if there had been a law given which could have given life. Verily, righteousness should have been by the law. In what a conjunction is? That's a but in 22. But, are you glad that's there? The scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise, what's showing up a lot ain't, that the promise by faith Of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up under faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by what? Somebody tell me. By faith. But after that faith has come, we no longer under a schoolmaster. Oh, Paul's giving a whooping here. They just don't know it. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ. Now, when he says ye, guess who he's talking about? The people in the churches at Galatia. That's the historical, biblical application. Ye are all. Jew and Gentile, black and white, red and yellow, all of you folks are children of God by faith. I bet if there's plan on being circumcised, he's glad to hear that, don't you? For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ. For as many of you 
as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now this is a good verse. There is neither Jew nor Greek. No racial barriers. There's neither bond nor free. Huh? No domestic barriers. Neither male nor female. That don't mean you're unisex. It just means in Christ, one just as important as the other. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed? Got that? And heirs according to, what's the word? The promise. Now down through here, you're referred to time and time again with two words. The promise and the law. What Paul is trying to do is to show these folks at Galatia that the law now has no effect. It's been annulled by grace and by the promise of God. And he's trying to show these folks that Moses' law did not disannul Abraham's covenant. Now, if you read a lot of commentaries, and I do, most commentators will tell you that when it's talking about a covenant, notice if you would please, it says over here uh, in this text, it talks about the covenant of Abraham. And I just believe that he probably knows what he's talking about. He talks about the covenant. Verse 17, and this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ The law, which was 400 years, 430 years after, cannot disannul. Now, most commentators, and they're they're a lot smarter than I am because they've written all these books, says that a covenant is a contract. And I said, well, if they're the same thing, they ought to be found same place in the dictionary. Because if they're in a different place in the dictionary, more than likely, there's a different definition of covenant and contract. And I've read commentaries all day saying this is a contract between God and Israel and between God and Abraham. And so, I guess, it's okay if you want to think it's a contract. But a contract is an agreement between two parties that don't trust each other. That's the only reason you got it. I don't know why they call it a marriage contract. It should be a marriage covenant. But because divorce and flesh is overruling the spirit and vows don't mean one dumb thing anymore. I'd just, I'd just like to say, will you, whatever you're trying to be, Take whatever hit is to be whatever both of you are trying to be and just do it because nobody anymore mean what to say. You say, you've done made me mad. I don't give a care. Now, I get so tired of people lying for better or for worse. Ain't got a girlfriend when they're doing that. But a contract is between two people that do not trust each other. 
And when I was raised, where I was raised, a handshake was good enough. My daddy would go to the bank and shake the banker's hand and walk out with the money. And my dad always walked in with the money plus interest. Boy, you can't do that anymore. Used to, a man's word was his bond. Yeah? Where I came from and where I was raised, uh, you just shake somebody, you tell somebody, that, that settled it. No more, man. No more. A covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham and Abraham didn't have anything to do with it. A covenant is a promise. This is what I'm going to do. This is my covenant with you. Don't make any difference you agree with it or not. This is what I'm going to do. If I were to walk over here and I'd say to Doug, I'm going to give you $5. And he said, I don't believe you. I said, you're right. (laughs) But if I sell him, I'm going to give him $5. He don't have to do a thing. He don't even have to believe it. God said it, that's settled. It's not a contract, it's a covenant. A binding covenant. Several covenants in the Bible. It started with Adam, Adamic, and all the way through. And you'll just find 12, 13, 14 covenants all the way through the Bible. God made a covenant with Abraham. And now Paul is saying, now look, you guys who've been riding Moses' bandwagon, the law, you folks who nailed to uh, Moses, the Mosaic Covenant, the law. You folks who's wrapped up in that. Let me tell you something. Grace was here before law got here. Adam was saved by grace. Hmm? And everybody who's been saved has been saved by grace through faith. The law was never, nobody was ever saved by the law. By the law, no flesh is justified. And so now these law keepers is wanting to add a little bit, if you please. Now notice, if you would please. Abraham received the promise. Moses received the law. God told Abraham, I will. God told Moses, thou shalt not. Is there any difference? Sure there's a difference. The promise in the law, the promise created a religion dependent on God. The law created a religion dependent on man. If you're good enough, if you can fulfill the law, then you got her made, buddy. It's all about you and not about God. The promise centers on God's plan. The law centers on man's duty. Got that? The promise focuses on God's grace, sovereignty, and blessings. The law focuses on man's duty, work, responsibility, and behavior. Now, which one of them you'd rather be under? The promise requires only sincere faith. The law requires perfect obedience. 
Why would anybody get saved by grace and want to live by law? But that's what you're doing. Somewhere in the back of your mind, way back there, God's more pleased with you if you're doing, 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 doing. But you can't do enough to please God. I'm glad of that, man. I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown tonight because I didn't do something today. Because I didn't do anything today. And most of us didn't do too much outside the flesh. And most of everything we've done today, we could have done if God died. Come on, I'd like to have an amen. I mean, God could have had a certain heart attack today and our day wouldn't have been spoiled at all. Most of our doing is in the flesh. Most of our doing is, is just get it done. I know, look at me, I'm a Christian. I, got, I dress right, I walk right, look at me. When we ought to be looking at him because he's the one who did it all. Notice, if you would, please. I'd like to talk to you for just a minute about the superiority of the promise. You got your note there, and I'll read it for you out of verse 15 through 18. The superiority of the promises. Paul is saying the promises of God is so far superior to the law. You ought never want to go back into the weak, beggarly elements of the law. And verse 15, he says... Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Notice. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be not, if it be confirmed, no man disannul it or addeth thereunto. Now, if me and Brother Eubanks, we make a covenant. Brother Eubanks says to me, said, Preacher, I will pay you $2 the rest of my life a month. $2 a month the rest of my life. We make a covenant. Well, about three weeks, brother, uh, brother says, Preacher, I think I'll make it a dollar. Well, wait a minute. We agreed on two dollars. And it was ratified. Got it sealed, notary. Filed at the courthouse. He can't break that. Well, we can break that if I agree to bend it, brother. Paul is saying, look, there was a covenant made 430 years ago before the law ever came into being. And I don't remember God changing it. <laughs> now, he may add some things along the way, but he didn't change it. You can't change it. It's a fact, Jack. That's better than snuff and not near as dusty, Amen. God can't change his mind about me. Now I know some he ought to change your mind. <laughs> if anybody, it ought to be, he ought to change his mind about me. But God is not going to change it because he promised Abraham that his seed through faith would be saved. And I am one of Abraham's seed in Christ. Thank God for that. Notice, if you would please, 
It was duly established. The covenant has already been established. You can't take a covenant that has been duly established and change it. If you could, wouldn't it be nice if you went down and bought a brand new Corvette and they wanted $75,000 for it. They said, well, your payment will be 5000 a month now for 72 months. And after that, you got a balloon payment. After that, enjoy the trip. Well, about halfway through that covenant, you say, I want to change. I want to pay a dollar a month. Try it. But now don't park your Corvette outside at night if you do that. Because if Brother Lanny will repossess it for somebody. No, I'm just kidding. Can't break it. Thank God. Notice if you would please. It was established on Christ in verse number 16. The covenant was established on Christ. Verse number 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made. He said not as to seeds, as to many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is who? Christ. Follow the lineage. Follow the lineage. Ishmael was not the promised seed. Neither were any Abraham's other children the promise of the seed. It was Isaac to whom the seed would come. Isaac, the miracle baby. Jesus, the miracle baby. Seed, as in one. Thank God when Christ came, the promise is still in effect. And the law did not disannul the promise because it was in Christ and not anybody else. I like that. I don't know if you do or not. I just... Thought that'd be good to lay on you tonight before you went home and went to bed. And uh, Notice, if you would, the law could not possibly have superseded the promise of Abraham because the promise was based on the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and not anyone else. Notice, it was previously established in verse number 17. Look at this. The Bible, verse 17, and this I say, it's two minutes till eight. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, when Abraham left the heir of Chaldees, 430 years later, got that? God delivered Israel from bondage. Now look at this. God Delivered Israel before the law was given. The law was not given to deliver Israel. The law was given to guide Israel. The law was not given to save Israel. Israel was saved by grace and by the power of God. And they came out of Egypt and rested at Mount Sinai. And that's where the law was given. Because the law was given to govern Israel, not to save Israel. Got that? You got that now. And it was given 430 years. The promise was given 430 years before the law was ever given. So, I thought you'd like to know that. 
Now notice. And that it should make the promise of God of none effect. For if the inheritance of the law. It is no more a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by what? See God didn't make a contract with Abraham. God said Abraham get up. Get out and get on with it. Abraham got up, got out, and got on with it. God said, get up and go. Abraham didn't ask him where, just got up and started. If that had been us, we'd say, Lord, you got a first class ticket ready? Come on now. Not Abraham. He said, get up. I'm going to give you a land I'll show thee when you get there. And he left. The Bible said, God believed, Abraham believed God, counted for him for righteousness. Verse 18, for if the inheritance of the law, for it be of the inheritance of the law, it is no more promise. Verse 19, wherefore then serveth the law? What was the law good for? What was the law good for if the promise was still in effect? It was added because of transgression. Till the seed should be come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Well, now what's that talking about? Talking about Moses. Moses mediated between the people of God and God several times. When he came down off the mount, remember? And the people was having an orgy there. Running around that bull with their, cat, with their clothes off. Having a rock concert. The Beatles and the Bugs and everybody else is having a heyday that day. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what kind of music they was playing? Could I suggest you it might be Hamitic? Where did they come from? That rap music. Rock and roll music. Jive music, man. They're plugged in. You didn't think it's hillbilly, did you? <laughs> they are playing music like down in Egypt. Black, Adamic music. Hamites. And God says, Moses, back up. And I promise you, we'll start a brand new race. And you can be the daddy. And Moses mediated between the people of God and God and said, Dear God, don't do this. And God listened to Moses. A mediator. We have a mediator. His name is the Lord Jesus. We have a mediator that is touched in all fashions such as we. And was tempted in all fashions such as we. And yet without sin. And he's constantly going to God for us. Mediating between us and God. Would you rather have Moses or Jesus? Would you rather have Jesus going to the throne of grace? Or would you rather have Moses going to the door of the tabernacle without drawn swords? He said, just decapitate that one or stone that one. Why would anybody want to go back? under the beggarly elements of the law. I need to close. But boy, 
This is good. Verse 22, I, I won't hurry. The Bible said, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Now let me say this and I'll close. Nobody, but nobody, almost but nobody, gets saved because of the love of God. Unless you steeped somebody in the law and show them how short they come to measuring up to what salvation is all about. The law was given to show us how short we come. It's given because of transgression. Now, if you're good enough to get to heaven without Christ, have at it. But the Bible says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Why? That we might be justified by faith. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up. Shut out. Cut off. Imprisoned, if you please, with no key to faith. We were shut up under the law. Do, don't, do, don't. Shut up to grace and shut up to love and shut up to faith. And then Jesus came. That we might be justified by faith in Christ. And since we no longer need a schoolmaster. We're no longer under a schoolmaster. We're no under law. We're under grace. And I'm so glad we are. Mm -hmm. And because of that I close with verse 26. For ye are all the children of God. By faith in Christ Jesus. And all of God's people said. You see I knew all of my life. That Jesus died for the world. Don't tell me you didn't know. That Christ died for the world. I dare say not too many people in America. Knows that Christ died for the world. It's just they have not seen themselves in the mirror of the law. They have not seen how short they come. What sin is like. What hung Christ on the cross. What made Christ cursed for us. The law was given that sin might become exceedingly sinful. Got that? You know what's wrong with us? Sin is fun. It's not any longer exceedingly sinful. We no longer know the sting of sin. 
The sting of death. The sting of sin is death. Enjoy it. She's got a stinger. Enjoy it. He's got a stinger. Drink it. It's got a stinger. Smoke it. Sniff it. It's got a stinger. The sting of sin is death. And the strength of sin is the law. And then he said, but thanks be unto God that give us us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's a place to shout right there because we're all just born again sinners. Amen. I said, we're all just born again sinners. And I'm glad we're saved. Are you glad you're saved? And if you're not saved, are you glad you can get saved? Don't you dare try to do, do, do and get there. Because God will say, don't, don't, don't. 